0: From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. Fulfilling a promise they made to midterm election voters, Democrats are planning to push for so-called good government reforms when the new Congress convenes in January. Most prominently, they will pursue new campaign finance and lobbying rules designed to shine more light on the companies and individuals seeking to influence lawmakers. My guests today are Montana Senator John Tester, a Democrat who won a third term last month and is a leading proponent of campaign finance changes. He is joining us by phone. And Kate Ackley, the CQ reporter who is covering his efforts. Welcome to you both. Hi, Senator Tester.
1: How are you doing, Sean?
0: Well, thank you, Senator, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Senator, can you give us the lay of the land? Why do we need another round of campaign finance reform right now?
1: Well, I I will tell you that since I've been here, we've seen dollars flow into these campaigns, uh, you know, unbelievable amounts. In mine alone, there was over $40 million spent by outside groups uh, in, in my campaign. That doesn't include the money that my campaign spent or my opponent's campaign spent. These are outside groups. I think, uh, you know, campaigns are part of government, and I think transparency, I think it keeps government honest, and um, we need to know who these donors are, and uh, in many cases, we do not, and so uh, there are a number of things that, that I have done. I did the Congressional Review Act last week, and we got enough votes to get it out of the Senate, and hopefully the House will take it up. Excuse you mentioned me. that Congressional
0: Review Act. Tell our listeners what you're talking about there. This was, had to well, do with the Trump administration rule, IRS rule, uh, yep. which was going to allow nonprofit organizations to not disclose their donors.
1: That's exactly correct. And, and they changed the rule and said, you, you guys don't have to disclose who the donors are. I think it, you know, allows uh, the dark money groups and dark money families to stay in the darkness even more. It's a step in the wrong direction, and that's why I, uh, you know, took up uh, a resolution in Congress to, to disapprove of that rule, and, uh, and and we got enough votes in a bipartisan way, uh, albeit just uh, Susan Collins on the Republican side. But the truth is, is that we had a majority in the Senate that thought that that rule was inappropriate. Um, now the House needs to take it up. And, uh, and quite frankly, uh, I think Representative David Price uh, from North Carolina has introduced a companion bill. Hopefully the House will take it up. I think it's important. Uh, and, and I will tell you, I'll talk about transparency, but let's talk about uh, how, the, how Congress works and why we have such low performance ratings, why we get very little things, uh, very few things done that have any controversy around them. It's because of all this money coming into these campaigns, I believe, why it causes a real paralysis. If I make this decision or that decision, either the right or the left are going to come after me with dark money. Um, and, and I just don't think it, it's, it's good for our democracy um, to be in a, in, a, in a stage where we never, ever take up big issues. Um, infrastructure is a prime example. That's a big issue. It's going to cost money. We've got to figure out how to pay for it. Uh, it's something that needs to be done if we're going to maintain our status in the world economy. But the truth is, is um, I don't see how it will get done because of all this money flowing in and people saying, well, if you spend this money or if you raise this tax or if you give this guy a, a, a piece of infrastructure that might advance that business, then I'm going to spend a bunch of bunch of money on you trying to defeat you. So, so
0: Senator, you talk about uh, dark money. This is, I think, a yep. reference to super PACs. These are these yes. PACs that the, the Supreme Court authorized in its Citizens United decision, which will allow uh, organizations to collect unlimited contributions and spend them on politics so long as they don't coordinate with candidates. Do you think uh, in the new Congress you'll be looking to introduce legislation or get behind legislation that would uh, require more disclosure at super PACs or do something to rein them in?
1: Absolutely. I think, uh, I think it's very important. I've got a number of bills that, uh, th- that I'm going to put forth. I've got a, uh, an act called the Disclose Act that, quite frankly, will require um, those organizations to disclose their donors if they give more than $10,000 in election cycle. And and I think it it goes back to transparency. It goes back to finding out who those people are, finding out what their agenda is. As a candidate, it makes it really tough if if one of these dark money families comes in through their super PAC and dumps a bunch of money in. Uh, if if you know who they are, you can tell the voters of your particular state what the agenda is behind those dollars. And I think it, it makes a much more honest government. But there's that there's that act. Uh, uh, look, I've got a spotlight act, uh, which if the, if the CRA does not be taken up in the House uh, by by uh, Representative Price, this bill will re- repeal that rule and and actually um, require more disclosure, uh, not just the IRS, but to make it totally public, uh, which is truthfully where we should be going anyway. Um, I know the House is talking about doing a pretty significant campaign finance bill right out of the chute in the new Congress. Um, I hope they keep it simple. Um, But nonetheless, I think that, uh, um, as I told uh, some folks the other day, I'll see what it looks like, but probably going to be behind that effort because, um, as I said, uh, more transparency, the better. And so if this bill increases transparency on elections and who's donating those elections, I'm in.
2: Uh, Senator Tester, this is Kate. You mentioned that uh, program that or the bill that House Democrats are looking at. They want to call it H.R. 1 to sort of uh, offer the significance, uh, you know, one of their top priorities when they take on the majority in the House. But uh, Senate uh, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has already said he doesn't want to take it up. So do you see some specific measures? You mentioned the Disclose Act. I think that's likely to be an H.R. 1. Um, do you see some other specific measures that maybe could possibly make it through the Senate with bipartisan support?
1: Well, I think uh, I think, yeah, there are uh, there are. But I think that the, if if Mitch McConnell doesn't want to bring it to the floor for debate, that's a real problem. And I think uh, it's uh, I, I don't agree with that opinion at all. I think that's uh, we need to take these bills to the floor and vote on them. If they pass, they pass. If they fail, we move on. But just let me give you an example of an of another one that i think that could be taken up that it's pretty hard to debate against in my opinion and that is uh, uh, corporations are people corporations aren't people why not pass a bill and say corporations are not people um for the purposes of campaigns or any other purpose this was at
0: the root of the citizens united decision that allowed the, the, the super PACs
1: that is exactly correct and um, and, and they're not people. And I think it would be very difficult, for example, for Mitch McConnell, or anybody else for that matter, to say we're not going to take this up because this is bogus. I think most people understand uh, that corporations aren't people. Here's the problem that we have. I think the reason Mitch does not want to take these up is he thinks it gives his, his party an advantage in the elections. I don't. I think it hurts both parties, and more importantly, I think it hurts the democracy. And I think that if we have more sunshine on these campaign donations, I think it allows the voter to be better informed when they go to the voter booth.
0: A senator, opponents of campaign finance reform, like Senator McConnell, have long said that we should look, open up the system, let people give money, but require full disclosure. And your disclose act kind of calls them out on that, right?
1: Yes, it does. It absolutely does. It requires. It does require a disclosure over over ten thousand dollars, which would bring that down significantly. I mean, ten thousand dollars is still a lot of money to me, but in the overall scheme of campaigns, where this last one I had for five hundred thousand votes, there was about seventy million dollars spent. Ten thousand dollars is 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 an adequate level to start at. I think it's it's good.
2: Uh, Senator Tester, this is Kate again. How much of Democrats push here? In the House or the Senate, do you see sort of being rooted in the scandals involving President Trump's campaign? You know, the conviction of Michael Cohen, President Trump's former uh, attorney, and his former campaign manager, uh, a lobbyist, uh, Paul Manafort. You know, they've been convicted of failing to disclose lobbying work or for campaign finance violations. How much of, of this push then is rooted in those scandals? Well,
1: I think that's certainly a part of it, but this started for me long before, uh, President Trump become president. And, uh, and I, even though that is absolutely important, that what you brought up and what's transpiring as we speak, I think for me, it, it's, it's about the, the paralysis that's caused in Congress and the fact that, uh, you've got groups that have really nice sounding names that are dumping millions of dollars in these campaigns. Um, they quite frankly, um, aren't being totally honest. They're not being honest with the people and telling them who's paying for the ads. And the ads uh, are, uh, uh, well, they, they, they stretch the truth a long ways. Let's just put it that way. And I think that if, as a candidate, uh, if we can find out who's paying for the ads, we can make a case to the voter on why this is being done. And as a senator or a person in the House of Representatives, uh, then you can make the decisions for the best of the country and not worry about some one individual or one family coming after you with a 10 or 20 million dollar expenditure to try to take you out because you did the right thing.
2: Uh, so, Senator, I watched you. Uh, you were featured in the documentary Dark Money earlier this year, you know, which highlighted some of the work of the shadowy groups in, in your home state. What's unique about Montana in this debate, and is that what sort of drives your interest in these campaign finance disclosure matters?
1: Well, Montana's got a a long history. It started over 100 years ago with a guy by the name of William Clark, one of the Copper Kings, uh, that tried to buy a Senate seat. and. yeah, and in 1916 or 17, somewhere in that neck of the woods, the voters said enough. Um, they said corporations weren't people, and they said, we're going to put limits on the amount of money that people can put into these campaigns. And uh, why? Because it, what what William Clark did was absolutely corruption at the highest level, uh, buying off people. At that time, the Senate chose the, the, the U.S. Senator. Uh, and and they're trying to buy votes in in the Montana Senate. It's it's just what happens when you don't have transparency like we need to have back today. By the way, that that voter initiative that was passed over 100 years ago was thrown out by the Supreme Court in in the rulings of Citizens United and McCutcheon. So uh, we've got a long history. We understand what happens when... Uh, when money comes into these campaigns and there's no controls around it and there's no transparency on it, bad things tend to happen. And uh, over 100 years ago, they happened in Montana. The Montana voters stood up and said, this is not how a democracy should work. And they were right. And uh, and they changed the rules to make uh, our elections more transparent. Unfortunately, the the Supreme Court and many folks who serve in my body, uh, the, the U.S. Senate, the body I serve in, um, have said, This isn't important. It is important. It's very important.
0: All right. Thank you, Senator Tester, for joining us. We appreciate it.
1: It is a pleasure. Thank you guys very much.
2: Thank you so much, Senator Tester.
1: Super duper. Thanks, guys. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Thank you. You
2: You too.
0: So, Kate, you heard what Senator Tester had to say there. Give us the lay of the land. What's going to happen in January?
2: Well, House. I think the biggest part of the action is going to be over in the House where Democrats will be in control. Um, Campaign finance issues have become very partisan. You know, I mean, if you look back to the early 2000s, uh, we saw McCain-Feingold, a bipartisan bill uh, with uh, Senator John McCain and Senator Russ Feingold, a Republican and a Democrat.
0: Right. And of course, Senator McCain is is passed on. He's not going to be back. And his nemesis on the campaign finance issue has long been. Senate yeah. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who now has a bigger majority in the Senate.
2: Right. So and I, it's hard to explain why this is such a partisan issue, because I think if you talk to people and you look at the um, you know voters and you look at the uh, polling on this, it, it's something like over 80 percent of Americans think that political there is a political money problem. Uh, in any event, Democrats, they say this is going to be one of their top and first priorities in the new Congress um, they're going to call it H.R. 1, uh, just to signify its, uh, its importance. And they have a lot of, uh, you know, sort of widespread agreement from their more liberal members to their more, you know, moderate conservative members. Um, but I think that it's going to be about figuring out the details because people on the progressive side want to go really bold and want to have, you know, provisions in there about uh, more taxpayer-financed elections and things like that. Um, whereas you you have more agreement for something like greater disclosure of political money, so w- we'll see how they put this together. It's in the works right now. Actually, they've they've been working on this for months, and many of the Democratic candidates and incumbents, uh, you know, touted this type of work on the campaign trail. So it's something that they've that they've made a priority in the House, and they say they're going to take it up right away, January third, right out of the gate. There are some other provisions involved in this. They want to basically restore uh, some crucial pieces of the Voting Rights Act, which the Supreme Court um, threw out in a in a decision a few years back.
0: This was a, the Voting Rights Act, of course, is the 1965 legislation aimed at protecting the voting rights of African Americans, and it restricted local jurisdictions from changing, you know, the number of polling places or setting up poll taxes or doing things that. Were done during the the uh, Jim Crow era to prevent black people from voting.
2: Right, and those entities, which were figured out in the '60s, uh, those counties, um, they had to get pre-clearance from the Justice Department in order to change the you know their rules about voting. And basically, in this uh, decision, I think it was from 2013, the Shelby County um, decision. The Supreme Court said that it was an outdated formula and it basically gives Congress an opening to come up with a new formula, which is what House Democrats are going to be working on. That's going to take a little bit more time, um, they've said. There has Uh, been
0: some bipartisan support for doing that as well.
2: uh, Yes, there might be some bipartisanship in this, but really this is something that House Democrats are going to be uh, be driving on in the Senate. I don't know. I mean, you know, Senator Tester um, and others, including some you know, potential Republicans, we, we saw on that IRS matter that he mentioned, uh, Senator Susan Collins of Maine joined with uh, Democrats in, in voting to basically repeal that, uh, that new IRS uh, guidance, which says that you can keep your, your dark money donors secret.
0: I think it's important on this IRS matter to point out some of the, the background, the context here which is, as I mentioned in my question to Senator Tester, uh, opponents of campaign finance reform have said, long said, we should deregulate political money, let people give as much as they want, but require full disclosure, then the voters can decide. But they have moved back from that position, in part because of what the IRS did during the Obama administration, where they were giving extra scrutiny from the applications of Tea Party groups for nonprofit status. And that has sort of given that group, who was the disclosure group, a a new position where they're saying no disclosure.
2: Yeah, and let me make it clear also that this IRS guidance does not deal with public disclosures. These names of donors were only shared with the IRS staffers. This was not something that was ever to be made public. So in changing this guidance, what the IRS is saying is you don't even need to tell us who your donors are unless we specifically ask. And, and it, this uh, change by the IRS has the backing of uh, numerous nonprofit organizations, including those funded by the Koch brothers. Um, so, you know, it's something that, uh, again, they're, they're saying that these donors need to be shielded even from the IRS because of uh, potential political audits and things like that.
0: And the other piece of this is lobbying reform. Um, It's been a long while, uh, since the mid-90s since Congress has looked at lobbying regulation. Uh, But the Paul Manafort case has raised that again with foreign lobbying.
2: Yeah, well, Congress actually did a big lobbying overhaul in the wake of the Jack Abramoff scandal, and that was the Honest Leadership and Open Government Act of 2007, the last time that Democrats took control of the House. That was one of their uh, signature packages. Um, I I do think there will be some... uh, But it didn't
0: deal with foreign agents.
2: No, it did not deal with the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which is uh, an 80-year-old statute that deals with uh, foreign influence in the United States. And there are bipartisan bills in the current Congress to overhaul FARA. And I think we should keep our eyes on that. Nothing has actually moved or been enacted um, this Congress, but we should keep our eyes on that in the new year.
0: All right, Kate, thank you for the update.
2: Okay, nice to be here with you.
0: And thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, NPR One, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com. Or find us on Twitter, at CQNow, or at RollCall. You can also follow me, at Sean Zeller, and Kate, at CackleyZ. We're taking next week off, but we'll see you back in the new year. Happy holidays.